Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. And we had a we started a series last week called Advent, and we talked on the subject of hope. Hope is an anchor, and hope anchors you in the present for a future reality. And our hope in Jesus, we can hope in many things. It, 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 hope isn't just about hoping in in Jesus, but what we talked about last week is that we must anchor our hope in Jesus. Because the other things that we can put our hope in will ultimately lead to disappointment, depression, because we've placed our hope in something that is not eternal and does not last forever. Whether that be a job, whether that be money, whether that be your spouse. Listen, if you're married or if you're thinking about getting married, your hope cannot be in a spouse. That's your hope is not in a spouse. Your hope is in Jesus. Your, your, your spouse does not fulfill every need it is not it, they they do not complete you okay they do not complete you as much as nicholas sparks wants to tell you that they complete you jesus completes you he designs you and he makes you whole so that you can be healthy for a spouse so that you can be healthy for a relationship and if we constantly try to look for our redemption and our hope and a spouse will come up wanting and will come up missing something and today we're going to continue the series, but I just want to say I completely forgot to mention last week, and I wanted to say it this, this week because I think it's such a powerful thing. Some of you who've been around, you know Mike Mullins. He's often up here hosting, Mike and Katie Mullins, and they serve in the church, and they're part of the leaders here at Destiny. Um, and if you don't know already, we're, at, we're multiple locations across Germany and Europe. There's a location in Rosenheim, location in Munich, and a location in Prague. Well, Mike Mullins, our very own Mike Mullins, was down by train last Sunday while I was preaching here, and he was preaching in Munich. Come on. Um, and so he, I, I would love to shout him out and embarrass him and, and let him stand in front of everybody, but he's in Frankfurt today. He's not preaching, um, but he is in Frankfurt today. But I think that's so cool that we get to be a part of something bigger than just this. And we can uh, share resources and we can be involved and, and tag, it, tag along and help. Um, so if you're ever in Munich over the weekend, you're thinking, oh, man, I don't get to go to church. Go over there to Munich. Um, Destiny Church, you can Google it. You can find the address on our website and the service times. I believe it's at um, 11. And you can hop over there for service. Uh, maybe they'll even let you preach. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. If you walk in the door, don't get nervous. Okay. Amen. Amen. And I just, last thing I want to say is also last week, we had a big Sunday last week. We had um, a Thanksgiving meal in Ansbach. It was amazing. If you tasted, you saw that it was good, you know, and it was an amazing time. I just want to give a shout out um, to Tracy. Wave your hand in the air like you just do care because Tracy coordinated all that along with um, so many others and helping. And thank you so much for bringing food because we were hungry for all of those who, who brought food. And, um, we're so excited um, to 
uh, have Thanksgiving. And it, honestly, while it's an American tradition and it's a great outreach as well, um, it was just great to have, it, it's more of a, uh, we got to experience culture. Um, we got to experience cultural foods and things like that. And it was just a great time of fellowship and community. Um, and I had a great, great conversations across the table while I was eating turkey, stuffing, and who, el- who knows what else that was that I put the gravy on, but it was delicious. Amen. Can I preach today? Is that okay? I want to do something maybe a little different as we talk and zero in on this subject, love. Um, because I just, have, uh, I just have a load of scriptures today. Uh, because I, I don't even really know how it happened, but I, I normally, there's not, there's... <laughs> This isn't the right or wrong way, but normally how I prepare a sermon and how I do it, I look for a key text, and I like to preach off of a key text. Maybe it's one verse, maybe it's a story in Scripture. Because if you're like me, you don't remember a ton of verses. You don't remember all this from, uh, from a sermon. And I like to say, you know, it's just like, hey, just one week at a time. Let's zero in on a key text and let it do what the Word does. But today, man, I'm just going to throw... I'm just going to throw the word out and because I know that the word works and the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword penetrating soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. So if you allow it and if you receive it, the word of God, not a preacher, not a worship set, but the word of God can transform your heart. You can walk away different today in a, in a completely amazing way if you allow the word if you allow the word to convict you like if you if you allow the word to do one of these like oh that hurt but it it was so good like that was that was painful because i need to change and i don't know how many of you are um don't like change in the room most of us don't like change especially when it's we have to change what we're doing and the way we operate and the way we think. We don't like change. But God's word can change your heart. It can change the way you, uh, the way you think, the way you perceive your worldview in such an amazing way. Amen? Okay, let's do this. First, let's just pray and ask God to, to minister to us today. Ask Holy Spirit. Father, we come with a hope and an expectation of what you're going to do today. And we come asking you to reveal your manifest love to us. We want to not just feel but encounter love today. We want to encounter the one who is love today. We, we want to just wor- sit here and worship you and sit in the fact that you are so good And that your love is perfect. Despite maybe humanity's love that we've come in contact with. That maybe in some ways has hurt us. In some ways we felt like those who were supposed to love us abandoned us. We're coming in contact and encounter today with eternal love. With you Jesus. That's what we desire. That's what we want. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to a specific group just for a moment. Um, parents in the room. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a parent of three. 
And you can maybe also identify with this as a, as a child and your parents um, now as you're grown up. But I don't know about y- any of the parents in the room, but it feels like I, when I, before I was a parent or when I first got, it, got started on this journey of being a parent, that I thought there, there was like rules to being a parent. Like there's a right way and a wrong way to parent, you know? And, I'm, and then as I began to parent, I realized that I broke so many of the rules because it was hard to follow the, rule, the parenting rules, you know? Like, don't spank your kids. It was hard to follow that rule. Don't yell at your kids because then they learn how to raise their voice. Well, it's really hard for me to follow that rule um and it's it, it's like all these rules and i just and it's one of these and you and you start thinking along the journey of parenting and maybe this is just along the journey of life if i don't follow if i mess up this parenting rule if i get it wrong enough times i'm really gonna mess my kids up for life you know and maybe you came from a background where you you feel like oh man my parents really messed me up and i don't want to do what they did maybe that was your parenting rule do whatever it costs to not be my parents and you just like trying to follow and you find that it doesn't work following the parent rules but what ha- what when you're a parent the one thing that is consistent the one thing that is there even when I can't follow all the rules, even when I can't follow Parenting 101 or Parenting for Dummies, I still love my kids like nothing else. Love remains. Love is consistent. I can be screaming at the top of my lungs for my kids to listen after the 20th time I've told them to put on their pajamas so I can get them to bed and have quiet time with my wife so they don't interrupt the rest of my evening. And I could be yelling, but my love for them hasn't changed. I've broken some parenting rules, but my love for them doesn't change. And sometimes in life, we can feel like we're following, we have to follow all the rules to get it right. And I want to talk to you today on this idea of from law to love. From law to love. Because when we focus in on the Christmas story, which is the redemption story, which is the Jesus stepping into humanity to rescue us from our sin and our carnal nature, It is a story from law to love. Because before that moment, when Jesus was born into humanity, God himself, God had established these things called Ten Commandments, which are still relevant, but follow me. Then the Jewish community, the Pharisees, established almost over 600 laws, almost as a margin around the Ten Commandments, so that if you follow these laws, you won't break the Ten Commandments. And if you can just imagine, the Jewish community were constantly living under this, I have to follow every rule and every law. 
And some of us, your Christian journey or maybe your experience with Christianity or the church has been through law. And maybe you've said it in your mind before. Well, I don't want to follow all those rules. That doesn't seem very fun. But it was the moment that Jesus entered the earth when God was, he was establishing this, really this law, these Ten Commandments, was never about rules and regulations. It was all about love. We're moving from a perspective from law to love. And then you see this tension in the New Testament as Jesus is doing his ministry, the holders of the law. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the one who were keeping the law, the ones who were enforcing the Jewish law, they, they were constantly coming in conflict, conflict with Jesus because he was constantly bending and breaking the religious rules that were placed on the Jewish people, but he was always doing it in love. He was healing people on the Sabbath. You didn't do any work on the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to do anything on the... And Jesus would heal. A lot of Jesus' healings happened on the Sabbath as if he was making a statement to say, I'm breaking some rules because I need for a pers there to be a perspective shift from law to love. Our Christianity should not be based on law. Our Christianity should be based on falling in love with Jesus. And out of that place, we follow the rules. It's completely different. It's not just switching the words around. It is completely different. Following laws so that you can receive love. That's how many approach Christianity. If I do this, God will love me. If I do this, my spouse will love me. If I do this, then people will accept me. If I follow these rules, if I follow this law, but if I, in turn, if I fall in love, the impact of falling in love, the outcome and the fruit of falling in love is I just love doing these things i love falling in love that's why that's why jesus said when the disciples asked out of all the ten commandments what is the most important he said if you love god and love people you'll fulfill all the law if you love god and love people if you just love then you'll fulfill all the law as roland read or memorized memorized that John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but he have, have eternal life. It was because of love that God sent his son, Jesus. Let me just say this really quickly. Love is not a feeling. I know we love hamburgers. We love our favorite restaurant. We, we, we love this and we love that. Listen to me. Love is not a feeling. God wasn't sitting there saying, oh, I just feel in love. So I'm going to send my son Jesus to die. Love is a conscious choice that we make 
whether it's in marriage, whether it's in relationship with God, even when I don't feel like it, I love. That's love. Even when I don't feel like expressing and loving, I still love. Even when they turn their back on me, even when they say the things to me that have hurt me and caused me so much, I still love because it's a conscious choice. And if you constantly are moved by your feelings, then love will constantly shift. It will not be consistent. Now, the law is, was still there, but it was as if God was planting love, Jesus himself, in the soil of law. Because law was a foundation that was established and really God was teaching the Jewish people that there's actually no way for you to fulfill all these things and I have to get you to a place where you know that you can't do this in your own strength. You need an outside source and I'm going to send my son Jesus. And love was planted in the soil of that foundation of law so that it could spring up and cause redemption in our lives. So here we go. Here's, this, here's some scriptures for you. I just, I'm going to go down. We're just going to talk about love. I'm just going to rapid fire. Amen? First of all, you have to realize God is love. God doesn't love. He is love. Therefore, he does love. He is the manifestation of love. 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This one hit me so hard. Anyone who does not love doesn't know God because God is love. Do you know God? Do you know God? 1 John 4, 9. We're putting some of these up so you can go back and reference later. In this, the love of God was made manifest among God. Sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, the love of God was made manifest. Was made manifest. The very tangible love of God was made manifest in the person of Jesus. It is, it, 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 was, it was liquid love. It was, it was him manifest love in the flesh, walking the earth in the person of Jesus. God is love. And when you, when you are love, when you are love, you can't help but love. If you are love, there is no hate in you. So for those of you who ever thought God hated you, for those of you who ever thought that God uh, was against you, I want you to know today that he is love. He can't help but love you. God is love. God is love. And we need a perspective change if we're going to approach God. If you're trying to approach love from law, it isn't going to work. You're going to constantly be climbing a ladder of religion. You have to approach love in love. 
it looks differently. It looks differently. And when, but when you live in love, you will fulfill the law. You'll fulfill everything that he commands us to do. I don't do the dishes because it's the rule in my house. I do the dishes because I love my wife. I just love. I do not love doing the dishes. I don't know if anybody does. And if you, if you do, we'll have a prayer team. I'm kidding. We'll have an invite to my house, actually, if you like. We've got plenty for you to come and love doing. I don't love doing the dishes, but I love my family. I love my wife, so I do the dishes. I do not love changing poopy diapers, but I love my son and also my wife, so she doesn't have to do it all the time. I don't, it's, it's out of a place of love that I do the things that are necessary to be done. I can't approach God with law and religion or it just becomes it, it just we just then live in unreachable expectations we become critical of everybody around us because oh i'm following these rules how come they're not following those rules and we come from the outside like pharisees and sadducees did and we become very critical of those who are living in love and those who are even far from god we become so critical and we become in this constant hamster wheel of uh, pursuing perfection that you'll never reach because we'll never be perfect, but we can fall in love with the one who is perfect. So we must stop trying to fo follow, follow religious rules and fall in love with love. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved. If you're saying to yourself, I don't know if I can love. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that because of the hurt and the pain and the and the, I just don't like people that much. You don't have to love out of your own strength, and you don't have to love out of this own your own ability. I love because he first loved me. It's out of that place. And if I'm not in that place, you're going to have a hard time loving. If you're not in the love of God, if you haven't caught the revelation and the understanding that despite what you've done, despite where you've been and despite the mud the world has thrown at you god loves you the same yesterday today and forever he loves you the same as the person sitting next to you he loves you the same as mother as he does mother Teresa. he loves you the same and without that revelation it's going to be hard to love people if i haven't experienced and encountered the love of god I need to encounter him today so that I can love because he first loved. All right, here we go. We're moving from law to love. Let me just say this to you. Love gives without expectation. Law expects something. Love gives without expectation. Law expects something back in return. Luke 6, 35. Love your enemies. 
do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Without expecting. I give without strings attached. I give without looking for some kind of favor or some kind of affirmation. In re- That's what love does. Love sent his son Jesus manifest in the earth to die on a cross. Not expecting something because if he was expecting something in return, if he was saying, oh, if you don't worship me now, then we're done then we would all be done for. If you don't love me now, we'd be done. We would all be done for. Listen, number two, the Bible talks about love your enemies. Love your enemies. Matthew 5, 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Oh, yeah, but I want to throat punch them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I'm not even just talking about, I'm not even just talking about the people who cut you off in traffic. I'm talking about the, the enemy of enemies. I'm talking about the worst person that you could conjure up. There's a guy, Marcus Mosey, who's told a testimony here while we were doing church online. Maybe you remember it. But his sister was killed on, a, uh, on an airplane um, because of a terrorist attack. And long story short, he has a story of going to that prison and forgiving the man who killed, who put a bomb on that plane. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what Jesus is talking about. Love your enemies. A new commandment, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I loved you. That's the key part. You love one another just as I loved you. Can I tell you how he loved you? He died for you. Love one another just as I loved you. He died for you when you were still his enemy, when you were still a sinner, when you were still broken, when you were still messed up. He died for you even though you continue to spit in his face, even though you continue to walk away from him. He died for you just as I loved you. You also are to love one another. Number three, law focuses on power. Love focuses on people. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. We can focus so much, even in Christianity, man, it's about the power, it's about this and what God does, it's about the gifts. No, if I don't have love, it's nothing. Law focuses on 
power and about ability and position, but love focuses on people. I had one of my youth, when I was in youth ministry, ask me, Daniel, who is the most important person in Jesus' ministry? I thought, oh, that's a good question. Let me just go through my the Bible. It must have been Peter, James, or John because that was the three he was tight with. Maybe it was John because he said he was the one that Jesus loved and he was the one reclining up against Jesus at the table. I said, maybe it's John. It was maybe the most important. He said, no, Daniel, it was the one who was right in front of them whoever was right in front of jesus was the most important who is with him in that moment love focuses on people number four law points its finger love lifts a finger let me explain first john three eighteen. little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth Law points a finger and says, well, they need to get their act straight. Well, they need to do the right thing. Look at them. Law says, I pick up a stone and you must be stoned because of what you did. But love does exactly what Jesus did with the woman at the well and lifts a finger. Love, love is manifest in actions. Don't just tell me you love. Show me. Show me. Where I'm from in Alabama in the U.S., don't just tell me, show me. Oh, I would jump off that bridge into that water. Don't tell me, show me. Don't just tell me, show me. Don't just have all the bark. You got a bite too. It calls we. It's it's love in action. Matthew twenty three four says. They, meaning the Pharisees, tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Love, law points a finger, love lifts a finger. Are you guys with me today? If I was, uh, there, there's a book I can, I can recommend um, by a guy by the name of Bob Goff. And he wrote a book, his first one, he has two now. Um, I haven't completely read the second one, but the first one is called Love Does. Love Does. If, you, if you're a reader, you'll fall in love with this book, and if you're not a reader, you'll fall in love with reading because it's just amazing. And if you don't like and you don't agree with me, just get an audio book because, um, the, I mean, what a powerful testimony. Um, he, lo- he loves God, and um, it's, it, it's called Love Does because for that example, for what Scripture says, not just in deed, not, not just in talk, but in deed and in truth. Number five, love forgives, law condemns. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. There it is again, forgive others as God forgave you. God forgave everything. Don't just forgive and then still harbor bitterness and hate. Don't just forgive the people who deserve it. Forgive as God forgave you. Because you didn't deserve forgiveness. Sorry, friend. But he forgave you anyway. 1 John 4.20 If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother. Watch this. Please let, please let this one sink in. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother. 
he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. He who says I love God but hates his brother, he's a liar. Y'all didn't know that the scripture was so blunt, did you? This is why it says it's a double-edged sword, not a double-edged cushion. Because it, it, it's meant to cut you up. <laughs> it's, it's meant to get rid of some of that stuff. It's meant to do surgery on your heart. Love forgives. Law condemns. Number six, we got to move. Love is put on intentionally, but law is forced upon. Love is, love is put on. Romans 13.10. No, sorry. Uh, Colossians 3.14 says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love, you know what that tells me? Put on love, that means that's intentional. Because I intentionally had to get dressed this morning or y'all would have called the cops. You got to be intentional about what you put on. I was intentional about what I put on this morning, so I tried to match, even though my wife said, I don't know if that matches. I said, well, it's too late. I got to go. You got to be intentional about what you put on. Love is intentional. You just don't default to love. You might default to infatuation. You might default to desire, but you don't default to love. You have to love intentionally. You have to put it on intentionally. Number seven, love doesn't oppose the law. It doesn't oppose the law that we're talking about. It fulfills it. It fulfills it. Romans 13.10 says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's why, again, Jesus said, if you want to fulfill the law, if you want to do what the law says, then just love God and love people. If you love God, you're not going to take any idols before him. If you love people, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to commit murder if you love people. Love fulfills it. Number eight. And lastly, and worship team, you guys can come. So I close a lot faster. And then we're going to take communion today. Um, number eight, love sacrifices. Love sacrifices. First John 3.16. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us. You know that he loves you because he died for you. You know that he loves because he sacrificed. And then it says, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We ought to lay down our lives for others. That's how you show love. Love sacrifices. Ephesians 5.25. For those of us who are, who are married, there's in Ephesians 5, there's, some about how you operate as a spouse in marriage, but this one speaks to husbands. But I just love this verse. It convicts me all the time. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. You know what that? You know how Christ loved the church? He died for the church. He sacrificed for the church. He gave up everything for 
her, the church, for us. So you want to know how to love your wife? You want to know how to love your spouse? You want to know how to love other people? You lay down your life. You lay down your life for them. Can you stand to your feet with me today? And um, maybe, maybe if we start passing out communion so we can, can take that. We're going to take communion today. If, you've, if you're in here, you've given your life to Jesus. We want to invite you into taking communion as a believer in Christ. As Jesus sat down with his disciples in the Last Supper and took communion with them. We do it as believers. If you haven't given your life to Jesus today, I'm going to invite you into the greatest decision that you've ever made. To make the decision to give your life to him as Lord of your life and to submit and surrender to him. And again, if you're not comfortable taking communion today, that's also fine. You're not obligated just because it's passed around to you. But let me read this last verse about love, Romans 5, 8. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't die for you. His death, burial, and resurrection doesn't apply to your life just when you've given your life to him because he did it while you were still sinning while you were still in opposition to everything that he stands for while you were still submitted to the world and not unto him while I was still a sinner Christ died for me with our eyes closed today can all of us just close our eyes? I'm going to pray for those today. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do it today and, and experience and encounter love, maybe, maybe today you need to come back to Him, rededicate your life to Him. Maybe you've been operating your whole Christian journey out of law and, and, and rules. With all our eyes closed, I just want to pray for you if that's you and you want to make the decision today. Just to know who I'm praying for. I'm not, nobody's going to call you forward. Nobody's going to um, call you out, point, point at you. But just so I know, all eyes closed, who I'm praying for today. Can you just lift a hand in the air and say, that's me. I want to make a decision today to follow Jesus for the first time. Or maybe I've walked away and I want to come back to him. Can all of you just pray this prayer with me? And that, those of you who lifted your hands online as well, the Bible says when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart you, that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, meaning I'm coming under his authority. I want us all to pray this, but those of you who lifted your hand, as you pray this, make this a declaration, make this a cry, make it... Make it with, a, with an exclamation mark that says, I'm, I, I'm a new creation now. I'm making a decision that changes everything. Can you just pray this with me? Say, Jesus, thank you that your love and your love sacrificed for me. 
I receive your love today as Lord of my life and your perfect plans for me. I surrender to you, Jesus. Not my will, but yours, Jesus. Amen. And as we take communion today, the Bible says, as Jesus is breaking bread with his disciples, that this juice, while there's no no power in this juice, there is power attached to the remembrance and the significance of what this moment means. And the bread, this is my blood, the very thing that cleanses your sin, that cleanses the mistakes, that cleanses your iniquity, that cleanses the carnal nature, because my blood is carnal. My, it, it, if, if you've ever heard you know, all the stuff that you talk about that is bad in your family and it runs in your family, that's just in my blood. It just runs in the, it, it, it's blood. Well, thank God that Jesus shed his blood for me so that it doesn't have to run in my family anymore. So that the addiction doesn't have to run, that the iniquity doesn't have to run, that the sin is broken off of my life. That's what this means. And the bread is, the, is his body broken for you. 39 times he was lashed. He was broken. He was the, the, the last sacrifice that had to be made so that forevermore our sins could be atoned for and counted not against us anymore. The debt was paid. So God, today I thank you for your blood that you shed for us. And what this moment represents, not as a traditional religious act that we do, but this is an act of love. And your body that was broken, Jesus. Your body that was broken. While here we are in Christmas season celebrating the birth of Jesus. We look to the cross where your body was broken. For us. For us. And we thank you for that, Jesus. So God, as we take communion today, do your work in us. Do your work in us. I pray that Hatred would be gone. Bitterness would be gone. Forgiveness would rise up in us that relationships that were broken are restored. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the juice and the bread. Amen. And amen.